you brought your Bibles this morning, I'm going to share with you. I'll be sharing several passages, but our text is John chapter 14, verse 6, a familiar passage. And then we'll look at Romans chapter 1, verses 16 through 20. And I want to share with you a sermon that I've simply entitled, The Revelation of God to Mankind. The Revelation of God. And when I say God, it's also Jesus Christ. Jesus was God's complete revelation of himself. The complete revelation of God himself is in the person of Jesus Christ. And so the revelation of God to mankind. Now, I was thinking in regards to this, I just I couldn't get it all, I, could, I can't share it all with you this morning. So I'm thinking, well, there's going to be a part, there's part A, part B. Well, then I'm going to have to have part C. And then there'll probably be a, a D. But I felt like I, I need to do that than trying to share all of it at one time. And I know you'd be, you're happy that I made that decision. John 14, verse 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Let me ask you a question. Is God a just God, a fair God, a righteous God, if he lets a person die and go to hell who's never even once heard the name of Jesus. Now, I was asked that question not long ago. I've been asked several times over the years. Can those who have never heard of Jesus go to heaven by another way? Or is John 14, 6, does it mean literally what it says it means? When Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life, no man comes to the Father but by me. Can those who have never heard of Jesus go to heaven another way? First of all, let me just say God is righteous, God is just, God is fair, God is holy. Let me say secondly, there is no other way to heaven apart from Jesus Christ. No other way. So don't get the idea that all the world's religions are somewhat uh, connected, where you have Buddhism and Hinduism and Islam. I googled and found out that there are 40, over 4,200 religions in the world. There are 313 religions in the United States of America, 313 religions and denominations in the U.S. and are. Primarily, you have the Judeo-Christian, which are uh, uh, monotheistic, one God. And then you have the polytheistic, which believe in many gods. Then you have those that don't believe in God. We'll discuss them in a few minutes. So don't get the idea that everybody's going to the same place, but just a different way. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
and no one comes to the Father but by me. So regardless of your religion, the Bible says in John 14, verse 6, that no man, no person, no man, no person cometh to the Father, goes to heaven, has eternal life, escapes hell, but by me. Now, if someone can get to heaven, if they can get to God by some other way, then that would make Jesus a liar. And Jesus is not a liar. If Jesus is a liar, then I'm not saved. Jesus is a liar, he's not a savior. Acts chapter 4, verse 12, just uh, jot that verse down. Uh, we may have it on the screen, but in case it's not, the Bible says, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So if Jesus Christ is not the only way, he's none of the ways. Now, we have a dilemma in the question I ask. Can a righteous, good, holy God let a man die and go to hell who has never heard the name Jesus? How do you answer that question? Well, the best thing to do is let Paul answer it in Romans chapter 1. Turn to Romans chapter 1 and look at verse 16. Romans 1 verse 16, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it, the gospel of Christ, for it, the gospel of Christ, is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believeth to the Jew first, also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. Therein, in the gospel, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth of Un, uh, who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. Draw a circle around that. For God hath showed it unto them. Draw a circle around that. Verse 20. For the invisible things of him from creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. All mankind are without excuse. Now, the question, is God righteous, or can a righteous, holy, good, loving, fair God let a person go to hell without hearing the name of Jesus? Now, there are four factors in solving that question, and I can't do it in 30 minutes. It'll take four weeks, best I can do. So today we want to look at the first factor of answering that question. Four factors that have put this question in perspective, and the first factor is the revelation factor. Now, that means all men, all mankind, have some light 
to have some light, some truth of God, some truth of Christ. They have some light. They don't have all the light, but they have some light. Now, let's, let's, that's the revelation factor. Let's pretend that the end of time is here and finally come and there's this final judgment and, and you have the heathen standing before God. You have those who have never trusted Christ standing before God. They've never heard the gospel of Christ. But they're standing before God. The heathen before God. Romans chapter 1 verse 18 speaks of that. Romans 1 talks about, For the wrath of God, in verse 18, is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and the unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in righteousness. So they're standing face to face with Almighty God, Jesus Christ, and wrath is fixing to be pronounced upon them. And the heathens say, we're not guilty. We're innocent. We never heard the gospel. We never knew how to be saved. We, we're innocent. We're innocent because of our ignorance. We've never heard. We never knew. We're innocent. And Paul shows that they're not innocent because of their ignorance. And he calls two witnesses to testify against the heathen. Two witnesses to prove that the heathen are guilty. Witness number one. Let's pretend we're in the courtroom. Witness number one, would you take the stand? What is your name, witness number one? And, and witness number one would say, my name is creation. I'm creation. Creation said, I'm the witness that God exists. Romans chapter one, verse 19 because that which may be known of God is manifested, notice this, in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and his Godhead. That's why Psalms 19.1 simply says, The heavens declare the glory of God. So the Bible says in verse 20, if you'll drop down, For the invisible things of him from creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they're without excuse. So the Bible says that the Creator is clearly seen by the things that are made. You look at my watch, and I look, as I look at that watch, the precision of the watch tells me there's a creator of this watch. The piano, fine-tuned, there's a creator behind the piano. This building has structure, it has sound, it has uh, an acoustics, it has all of this. I know that there was an architect. I'd be stupid to say there was not an ar architect. The Bible says you're a fool to say there's not an architect of the universe. So when I see how the universe is put together, if I can see a creator in all of this, 
when I see how the universe is put together with the sun and the moon and the stars and the tides and the ocean, the circumferences. And when I see all of this, I know there's an intellect behind the creation of the universe. I know there's an intelligent creator behind the universe. That's what Paul is saying. When I see all the order, when I see the symmetry, I see intelligence. That's why the Bible says, the fool. <laughs> you fool if you can't see it. The Bible says that. That's why the Bible says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Notice he says it in his heart. We'll talk about that in just a minute. So witness number one, thank you, you may step down. What's your name? I'm creation. I'll testify there is a God. Witness number two. Would you take the stand? What is your name? Witness number two. Witness number two says, I'm conscious. Conscience. Two witnesses of Jesus Christ, of God. You know, they are one, aren't they? <laughs> two witnesses of Jesus Christ, creation and conscience. Look at Romans 1, verse 19. Because that which may be known of God is manifest, what? In them. Conscience. For God has showed it unto them. Creation. Two witnesses. Creation, the outward objective witness, and then conscience, the inward subjective witness. Showed it unto them. That's creation. It's in them. That's their conscience. Terry Pounders asked me a question not long ago, and he says, Brother Sammy, where is it in the Bible that says that eternity is in the heart of every man? That is Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. It's in our conscience. Romans chapter 2, look at verse 14. For when the Gentiles which have not the law, they don't, the Gentiles, the heathen, have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law. These having not the law, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal. You've got people that don't steal, didn't obey the law. They weren't Jews, but they knew it was right not to kill, not to steal, not to bear false witness. They're a law unto themselves. Notice what he says, for when the Gentiles, the pagans, those who have never heard, which have not the law, the Old Testament law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law, are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. So every person, even the pagan, even the heathen, have two witnesses that says there is a God. They have the witness that is objective, that's creation. They have the witness subjective, that's their conscience. There is a built-in awareness of God in each one of us. For in each person that comes on the face of this earth, there is a built-in awareness of God. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11, Romans 1, verse 19. Look at what it says. 
For the invisible things of him from creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Augustine said it this way. He said, the soul of man is restless until it rests in God. So God made you, God made man, God made me to know him and to serve him. And until he does, there's going to be a restlessness inside of you that nothing in this world can satisfy. Only God can satisfy that restlessness. Now you say, Brother Sam, what about the atheists? They don't believe in God. Well, the Bible says they do. The Bible says they believe in God. They have two witnesses. Well, they're, they're intelligent people. Well, I know intelligent people. They're not atheists. They're, they're intelligent atheists, I guess, but they're intelligent people that are not atheists. They all know that there is a God because of creation and because of consciousness. Someone said, well, they have intelligently proven that there is no God. Oh, real? Let me tell you why they're atheists. They say they're atheists because of moral problems. The Bible says, professing themselves to be wise, Romans 1 verse 22, professing themselves to be wise. They're really smart. They have figured out there is no God. They became fools. Now, why is that? Well, because all of us have a God consciousness. It's not about intellectualism, it's about morality. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Now, so an atheist is someone who's walking along one day and all of a sudden has this ideal, thinks it's his ideal, but it's really an inner feeling deep down inside his heart that there is a God. He has this thought, has this ideal of God, and all of a sudden, based on his life, that makes him feel real uncomfortable to know that there's a God. And so he says, if I can get rid of this ideal of God, then I can get rid of this uncomfortable feeling. But he really doesn't get rid of the ideal of God because it's deep down in his heart and it's been placed there by God. And so the more he tries to get rid of this ideal of God, the more he thinks of God. It's kind of like don't think of a pink elephant. The more you try not to, you're going to think of that pink elephant. The more you try to think there is not a God, bless goodness, you're going to be thinking of God all the time. So down in his heart is that consciousness. So what is the first factor of knowing that there is a God, knowing that there's Jesus Christ? The first factor is the revelation factor. All mankind has some light of the knowledge of God. Now, look, if you will, at John 1, and I'm almost finished with the first. Look at 
look, if you will, at John, John 1, and look at verse 8. I jotted the right scripture down. John 1, verse 8. Ah, oh, here it is. Remember I said, the Bible declares, fiction to declare it, that every person has some light. Not all the light. Verse 8, John said, I'm not the light, but I just sent, I'm just sent to bear witness of the capital L-I-G-H-T, which is Jesus Christ. That was the true light, which, notice, Notice, lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Does every person have some light? Sure they do. How do I know that? Because of their conscience and because of creation. Everybody's got some light. This true light has lightened and lightened every person that comes into the world with some light. The person in northern Africa has some light. The person on the Antarctic has some light. Everybody has some light. He lighteth every man who cometh into the world. Those unreached people groups, they have some light. They have some revelation that there is a God. Because of the two witnesses, creationism and uh, creation and consciousness, they testify to the heathen, to the pagan, that they have some light. They know that there is a God. However, the heathen, the pagan, suppresses the truth about God. They don't want to believe it. They suppress the truth of God and his rule over their life. If they can just get rid of the ideal of God, they wouldn't be so restless but they can't get rid of it. So this morning, you know the truth. You know it. If you die without Jesus, you're going to go to hell. You know it. There's no question about it. You know it. Today, you've been made aware of more light, perhaps, than some people have, although they have some light. God exists. You know that truth. You're a sinner, you know that truth. Without Christ, you're going to die in your sins and miss heaven. You know that truth. There's no other way to heaven except through Jesus Christ. You know that truth. John 14, 6 says, There's no other way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by me. So without him, apart from him, there's no other way to the Father. There's no plan B. Morality won't get it. Being good, being a good daddy, mama, papa, mama, all that won't get it. If you're without Jesus Christ today, you're lost in your sin. And if your heart stops, you're going to hell without Christ. You have that light. No other way. There's no other name. There's no other way. And there's no other name, Acts 4, verse 12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There's no other name, there's no other way, there's no other name, there's no other foundation. I believe Terry sang about that, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 11 says, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. 
There's no other way, there's no other name, there's no other foundation, and there's no other mediator. 1 Timothy chapter 2, listen to verse 5. For there is one God, one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. If you want someone to stand up for you, and he did on the cross, literally hung up for you, the only person that would ever do that, the only person that could ever do that is Jesus Christ. Christ bridged the gap between you, sinful man, and a holy God. He stretched himself, or they stretched him out on the cross between earth and heaven, and he bridged the gap for us. R.C. Spruill said this in his book, Reasons to Believe, and I liked it. Moses could mediate the law, Mohammed could bradish the sword. Buddha could offer physical, uh, personal counseling. Confucius could offer wise sayings. But none of these were qualified to offer the atonement for your and my sins. Only Jesus Christ. There's no other way. There's no other name. There's no other foundation. There's no other mediator. There's no way to get to heaven without Jesus Christ. You have some of the lot. Everyone has some. And today you have been given lots more than some have. And they will be responsible too as they stand before Christ. So we're going to look at, next week, we'll look at part two as we consider to answer our question. I'm going to leave you with five words it'd be good to say. Now, next week's going to be the refusal factor, if the Lord leads. Only Jesus, and Jesus only. Don't forget that. Only Jesus, and Jesus only. That's how you're going to go to heaven. It's the way it's always been.